What's your perspective on this day? You know, uh, this day, all of us will have a perspective on it. It is the day that, you know, has defined human history in so many ways for the last 2,000 years. All of us, uh, no matter what we believe, are faced with these facts. Here he was, this, this child of a peasant woman, grew up, carpenter, a preacher for a few years. The facts of history are that he was put to death for all to see. And the facts of history are that soon thereafter, people began to worship him as God. And to think about these facts, you know, everyone knows this, these things, you know, no one doubts that he lived, no one doubts that he went to the cross. But we must all then make sense of this. I want to invite you today to consider your perspective. I want to invite you to consider uh, how you will see this and the difference it can make in your life. Do you know, a perspective is an interesting thing. The way we look at a particular event has the power, and this is what I want you to consider even today, is the power of a new perspective. You know, if we've never met, my name's Dean, and it is great to have you here. And maybe this isn't something you normally do, but maybe today is a day to just think about a whole new perspective, to consider a new look at perhaps who this Jesus was. You know, Stephen Covey, the author, writes about a particular experience he had uh, on a New York subway. Many, many years ago, he wrote about this. He was on the subway, and, and it was quiet uh, at that time. This was a long time ago, so people were reading newspapers, reading books, and it was one of those, you know, moments where it was real quiet and everyone it was like a Sunday morning. And, and all of a sudden this family came onto the subway car and, and it was kind of loud and rambunctious. And there was kids and the kids were just kind of running wild. The dad just sat down. He kind of closed his eyes, seemed oblivious to what was going on. And Stephen Covey writes about how he's sitting there. He's watching all this unfold and he's wondering, you know, uh, isn't this guy going to do something? The kids are like running around and they're knocking people's newspapers and they're just being rambunctious. And it's kind of like broken this nice quiet moment everyone was enjoying. And he's just getting kind of more and more frustrated and more and more annoyed and kind of uh, trying to almost resist the urge to say something. You can imagine what that experience would be like. And then as he's sitting there, he's finally like, I can't, I can't be patient any longer. And he kind of taps the guy and says, excuse me, sir, uh, you know, can you see what's happening here? Do you think maybe you should do something about your kids? And he'd been patient as long as he could, and out of annoyance, he kind of just feels like he has to do something. And then the man kind of opens his eyes, almost like he kind of comes awake, and he says to him, oh, I'm sorry, I probably should. Well, you see, we've actually just come from the hospital, and their mother died about an hour ago. And I guess they just don't know what to do, and I guess I don't either. And Stephen Covey writes about how in that moment what took place for him was a paradigm shift. His whole perspective changed radically. And you can imagine being in his shoes and the moment you hear that, it's like, okay, everything I thought, everything I felt is suddenly in an instant changed. That's the power of a different perspective. He writes of it and he says this, that can you imagine what I felt at that moment? My paradigm shifted, my perspective shifted. Suddenly I saw things differently and because I saw differently, I thought differently. I felt differently. I behaved differently. My irritation vanished. I didn't have to worry about controlling my attitude or behavior 
My heart was filled with the man's pain. Feelings of sympathy, compassion flowed freely. I'm so sorry. Can you tell me about it? What can I do to help? Everything changed in an instant. Do you know what I think is so amazing about this moment we've been reflecting on already? Here you have Mary, the mother of Jesus. You have, uh, you have Peter, his good friend who's denied him. You have a soldier just looking on, trying to make sense of it. And all of it, it everyone's perspective is a little bit different. And everyone's perspective changes between what happened on Friday and what happened on Sunday, or at least it has the potential to. I want you to consider how your perspective might shift. What would that look like? Would you be willing to consider a fresh perspective on Easter? We're going to look this morning at a story of two people who experienced this paradigm shift, this radical change in perspective. It takes place just uh, on the day after Jesus is risen and a lot is happening and it's coming towards the end of that particular day and there's these two men and they're walking. They had been following Jesus. They'd been listening to him and his preaching and his teaching and they're uh, walking along a road because they saw on Friday him die. They know he's been buried and they've kind of gone, you know what, the whole thing's over. It's all done. That's their perspective. And so let's head back home. I guess everything we were thinking about and hoping for is finished now. And, and it's this story, but what I love about it is they're going to end up encountering Jesus. He's going to be right there with them. But it's going to take them a little bit of time to actually see him and to recognize and to understand what's going on. It's in Luke chapter 24. This is a, a book written by a historian, Luke. He gathered up all the eyewitnesses, see what had happened. And he records their story for us. And he says this is how it happened. It says in verse 13, now that same day, the two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem, the city where they'd been. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Now, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. This is such a fascinating story because he's going to be right there. But it's going to take them a little bit to see him, to recognize him, to grasp who he is and what's happened. Now, I love this. Jesus starts talking to them. They don't kind of get yet what's happened. They don't get what's going on. It says Jesus comes up to him and he says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? I think the kind of literal translation of that is kind of him walking up going, hey, guys, what you talking about? I always like to picture Jesus eating an apple in this moment. Almost just like this cheeky guy kind of walking up. I mean, here's these guys. It's like everybody knows what's been going on. He walks up and like, hey, guys, what you, what you talking about? And they stood still. And their faces were downcast. And one of them, who was named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? They're, they're feeling their whole perspective is is one where their faces are downcast, they've lost hope, and they're like, how, do you, how could you not know what's been going on? And Jesus, like the picture, takes another bite of his apple maybe, and just says to him, yeah, what things? He asked, what things? And they say about Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, he was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. 
the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped. I want you to hear this. This is such a key phrase to hear this morning. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Now, I want to pause there for a moment. These guys are about to undergo a major paradigm shift. And the first thing you begin to see about them in the experience, and here's what, if you want a fresh perspective today, if you want to see Jesus in a new light, whatever that looks like in your life, the, the, the first thing that has to happen sometimes before you have a new perspective is you have to be willing to let go of an old one. You see, for them, what they looked at was they had seen Jesus in this light. Uh, they were part of the, they were, they were the people of Israel and they had been hoping that the people of Israel had been under oppressors for centuries and centuries. And at the moment, their current oppressor was the Roman Empire, the biggest empire that had ever been. And they were always looking and waiting and hoping. They had this wish. This is how we wished life would go. We wished that uh, a savior, they called the Messiah, that someone would come and deliver them and overthrow the Romans and, and restore what they'd been hoping for for so many centuries. And they're like, that's what we hoped. We hoped that's what was going to happen. You know, one of the things that can keep us from seeing Jesus for who he is, is we can be so focused on who we want him to be. Jesus was right there with them. He, they're literally talking to him. They see him. He's going to turn out to be far greater than the deliverer that they could have imagined. But they can't see him because they had a focus on what they hoped he would do. You know, here's what I know for many of you watching today. At some point in your life, you might have even felt like I, I've seen Jesus. I recognize him. I know who he is. But for many people, there comes this point in their life where somewhere along the way, something you hoped Jesus was going to do. And he didn't do it. And you ended up feeling a bit like these two guys walking along going, geez, I'd hoped. I'd hoped this is what he was going to do. I hoped he was going to, just like they hoped that Jesus was going to fix their situation, you might feel that sense of like, I, I hoped he was going to fix this. And everybody's this is a little bit different. But so often we just hope Jesus will fix this. Do you know, if you want to see Jesus in a fresh way, sometimes you have to be willing to let go of what you hoped he'd be like, what you hoped he might do. For some of you, you're watching this today and you've never considered, you know, you've, you've always sort of thought, I mean, you might even be feeling a little bit strange that you're even watching this right now. <laughs> you've just never, you know, kind of had that sense of, uh, of even being willing to consider who he might be. Because you just kind of, there's some things you've heard about him. Or maybe some things you heard someone like me say, or some, a, a Christian, or, a, or, or there's something that you saw or experienced in a church, or one of his followers, and it left you in a place where you're like, you know what, I'm just not even willing to think about that, because I don't know. You know what I'm asking you to do today? Is only to consider your perspective on this one thing. Not on Christians, not on the church, and not even on a person like me, but to consider your perspective on Jesus. Because... If he is who he says he was, that changes everything. And you can work out some of the other stuff later, but the first, maybe the biggest step in a new perspective is being willing to let go of an old one. You know, they keep walking. 
And, uh, and they tell him, look, we hoped he was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, they said, it's the third day since all this took place. Now they're starting to feel the sense of life, but we don't quite get what's going on. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Now they're, they're, they're starting to kind of wrestle with what do we do with all of this? And then some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. And then Jesus says this. It says, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory and beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he began to explain to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, here is this transition that begins to take place. They had thought Jesus was going to be one thing. But now Jesus is going to kind of go back and say, look, I want you to see this from a whole different direction. It says he explained to them all of their scriptures. You know, what he was beginning to do is help them see, you thought I was maybe just here to fix something in your life? I want you to see how all of history is pointing towards me. And he helps them go back and take a whole new perspective on everything they'd ever thought about, everything they'd known. Those scriptures were the most sacred thing in the whole world to them. Their beliefs, it was so close to their heart. And now Jesus is going to go, I'm going to give you a whole new look at it. And you're going to begin to see that all of this was pointing towards me. You thought I was just here to fix something? I'm going to give you a whole perspective on everything you've ever believed about the world, about Life itself, creation, purpose, meaning, all of it. Jesus can say it was all pointing to me. Do you know what I love about this that I think is so good for, for all of it? I, I, I appreciate it so much for my life. And, you know, I think just if you're, if you're just a regular person who maybe thought, you know, I don't know if this could ever be for me. That the space in which Jesus likes to help us understand who he is. It's not about a religious space, but it's actually about this really relational space. Do you know if you want a fresh perspective on who Jesus is, here's the great answer, the great reality. The answer is not gonna be becoming kind of more religious and starting to put kind of lists into your life and if I do this and if I do that and if I kind of get it all right, then maybe I'll sort of grasp who he is. Jesus didn't come to make us more religious. He comes and he says, you're gonna get to know me in a relational space. They walked together. They talked together. They even, it says this, it says that they were approaching the village to which they were going. Jesus, it says, continued on as if he was going to keep going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, hang with us. It's nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread. So check this out. They say, come on, come hang with us. Come stay with us. And he, they, they now do... What we as people always do, they gather around a table, they're going to have a meal together. And it says, Jesus took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. He breaks his bread open. He's like, thank you, uh, Father, for this, this bread. He gives this probably traditional blessing to it. And it says in that moment, as he gives them the bread, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. They recognized him. They recognized him. 
their perspective changed. They saw him. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? You know, I love that it is at the table where they finally recognize who Jesus is. You know, one of the best things you can do in your life if you want to have a fresh perspective on who Jesus is and consider a fresh perspective. It's often just about creating space, creating space. And I know that, you know, right now we're all at a moment in time where life in its normal rhythms and flow has stopped. And one thing we all have, and this is why now might be the greatest opportunity in your life to have a fresh perspective on Jesus. Because we all have this one thing. We have some space, some quiet, space to walk and reflect. Sometimes life is moving so fast, we don't have time to stop and consider and reflect. These guys had so many expectations and hopes and so much was going on. And in the lead up to the crucifixion, there was all this like, there was just, it was wild and the city was going crazy, all these things. But it's now when they're alone and when they're walking on the road and when they're sitting at the table that they that Jesus reveals who he is to them and they see that he is alive. You know, you, you may be watching this. I know a lot of people, I meet people all the time and tell me I could, never, I could never go to church. If I went into a church, I bet the roof would probably just collapse above me. People say that all the time. You might be feeling that in your home today. You're watching this and even now you're taking a couple glances up at that roof, you know. Don't worry, I promise it won't fall in on you. And if it does, you'll get a great insurance claim. But anyway, you know, the thing I love is that we sometimes feel like you have to be a religious person to sort of grasp all this of who Jesus is. And Jesus is way more relational than that. He wants to walk with you. He wants to sit at a table with you. He wants to reveal himself to you in those kinds of spaces. And, you know, they say, I love this idea. They say their hearts start burning. They say there are hearts in verse 32, they asked each other, once they recognized him, they say, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and he opened up the scriptures to us? Something was happening on the inside of us when he was speaking to us, wasn't it? And they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. And there they found the 11 and those with them assembled together. And they found him all and all, the, all these guys, they're, they're in there and they're going, look, it's true. The Lord is risen. He appeared to Simon, to Peter. And then the two, they're like, yo, we've we seen him too. And they told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. You know, this moment takes place where for them, they're like, they see it and they get it. And this is the paradigm shifter. Can I tell you something? This is why... Easter Sunday is, is such a huge deal. This is why the resurrection is such a huge deal. Because the moment your heart burns, the moment that something happens in your life and you're like, well, I don't have it all figured out, but I know this, I, he's alive. That changes everything. They are able to go from going, we had hope this would happen. We had hope he could fix this. We had hoped this might get a little bit better in our life. But in this moment, they realized all their hopes were too small. All their hopes were way too small. 
And he's so much greater than they could have ever imagined. The resurrection is the paradigm shift that changes how now they think and how they feel and their attitudes and their thoughts. It just shifts it all. And it gives them a hope that is the kind of hope that nothing can remove. This is why it's such a game changer. And this is what makes Jesus so unique and the resurrection so unique. Why it's not like any other religion or belief system or anything. Because in this moment, you realize that that actually everything we actually hope for can come true. All those little hopes, no matter what, one day they'll be gone. But this one gives us a hope that no, the greatest things in life are going to be restored. You know, my son, Levi, he loves to build Lego. So many kids do. I'm sure if you've got kids, they may have been building a fair bit of Lego in these last couple of weeks. You know, just last night he had built uh, this lamp from, from uh, Aladdin, the lamp and the genie, and he was carrying the lamp from one room to the other, and he's walking along and goes to go in a doorway. You know, he spent hours on it, all that time on it. You know how it is? Like you spend all this time if you're trying to build something, he just made it and he dropped it, and boom, it shattered into, you know, hundreds of pieces there everywhere. And he had the same experience that I would have had or you would have had if you'd put all that time into it. Had the same experience all kids have in that kind of moment when it breaks and it's all going everywhere. And it's just this overwhelming sadness in that moment that it's gone. It's broken. And I don't think I can ever put it back together the way it was. You know, we can all relate. We relate to the Lego. And that's not a huge deal. But we all feel that at some point in life. There's things that it's like you just wonder, can that ever be put back together the way it was? You know, I love there's a guy, Tim Keller, he calls it the irretrievability of life. That actually we look back over our lives and so often there are things that we, there's people we love, there's moments, there's things that just seem to be gone. No matter whether trivial or big or whatever, but we feel like will it ever come back? And do you know what? The paradigm shifted. This is why the resurrection is the thing that changes everything. It's because everybody on Friday thought it's over. He's gone. It'll never be put back together the way it once was. Up till this point in history, death always had the final word. It broke stuff and it never came back. And then in this moment, their eyes are open. And they realize the whole game just changed. Because if he's alive, if he's been restored, he can put it all back together. And that right there, that's the paradigm changer. That's the perspective changer. That's the thing that you go, if that's true, if he's alive, it changes everything. My thoughts, my attitudes, my feelings, how I go through life. Life has purpose. Life has meaning. Life has hope. And a hope that's so much bigger than, geez, I hope he fixes that or I hope that could get a little bit better. It has hope that the greatest things of life the people that you love, that, that all the things that are what make us enjoy and love life that sometimes we feel like are lost and broken in Christ. We realize because of his resurrection, it can all be restored. And that life, he says, and now I'm offering it to you as well. That the same, the same resurrection life that brought him back, it now infuses hope into my life. It can infuse hope into your life. It infuses hope into all our lives. We can begin to go through life with a hope that is certain and sure and that nothing can ever destroy because there is nothing he cannot put back together. That's, that's why the resurrection is the paradigm breaker. 
It's the perspective shifter. It's this is the moment that changes everything. And it can change Monday, and it can change Tuesday, and it changes how we experience the highs of life, and it changes how we experience the lows of life. It gives us a hope that we can hold on to in every season. The resurrection. Do you know this morning, as we watch this, or whenever you watch this, what I hope you see on this day is that this is the greatest news, the greatest news any of us will ever know. You know, there may be some of you who are watching today and there was a point in your life when you felt like these guys, you recognized Jesus. You saw him for who he was. You could see him, you recognized him, you felt like, yes, I do get who he is. But something may have happened in your life where somewhere along the way, that certainty, something happened and it's a bit like them and you thought he was gonna do something or fix something, but it didn't happen the way you had hoped. You know, today, would you be maybe willing or maybe today is a day to go, you know what, I'm going to let go of the perspective I was holding. Because if he's alive, if that tomb is empty, that changes everything. And maybe it's a day to just recognize him in a fresh way in your life and say, you know what, Jesus, I see you for who you are. I see you. I don't get everything, but I want to I sit at your table. I want to talk with you and walk with you. I want you in my life to be the center of my life. If you rose from the dead, then I'm with you, Jesus. And that might be it. today is a day to do that. You may have never even considered who he is before, never even thought you had a perspective to even realize it or wonder if it could be changed. It's just, this is just something that was totally not a part of your life or frame of reference, but but even as you're watching this and thinking, I don't know what's going to happen to my ceiling, or even as you're watching this and going, I've never watched, there's something in your heart that is just going, I don't know if I get it all, but there's something almost like that burning in the heart. You know, when your heart just kind of is telling you there's something in this. And maybe you know what? Today is a day to just say, you know what? I don't know it all yet. I don't have it all figured out. But I know I want to be, I know there's something in this. And I know I actually, I, I don't get it all, but I, I get this. He's alive. And I want him in my life. You know, that picture of their hearts burning is this sense within them that oh, there's something here. And it's what takes them to be able to recognize him and see him. And it's what changes their life. And it's what can change yours as well. You know, this morning on Easter Sunday, I just want to lead you in a prayer. You know, praying is, is just this way we begin to create quiet in our life to connect with God. And I know that might feel weird for some of you. It might feel like, you know, I, I don't even know if I could do that. How do I even know if he's there? Here's what I can promise you is that over the last 2,000 years since this moment, Literally billions of people have come to understand in an incredible way that he is alive and you can know him and you can walk with him. And that might feel almost like, I don't even know what that would look like, but maybe today is a day to take a step of faith and just say, but I, I get he's alive and I want to be with him. You know, I want to lead you in a simple prayer if that's you today. Or if you just find yourself in a place going, I want to see him in a fresh way in my life. 
my heart's burning today. There's something inside just going, I know he's more than I realized. So here's what you can do. Just right where you are, as you're watching this, just close your eyes. It kind of just creates a little bit of space. When you just close your eyes, to kind of tune out what's around you and to begin to look with eyes of faith. And as your eyes are closed, I want to give you some words that you can pray. And if you know today is a significant day that there's something that's happening in your heart that you don't even know what to do with, but you know you, you want this, I want to encourage you to do something simple. While you just sit there with your eyes closed, just put your hand on your heart. Sometimes just doing something physically, it lets us know this isn't just, you know, this is like, this is a moment you can remember, you can take with you that day when he was doing something in your heart. And as you put your hand on your heart, I'm going to pray and you can just, Pray it after me. I'll give you some words you can pray. You can pray them out loud. You can pray them quietly. You can pray them just in your own, the quiet of your own heart. But you're going to reach out to him today, maybe for the first time, to welcome him into your heart in a greater way. Why don't you just pray after me? Jesus, today I recognize you. I see you for who you are. Not who I maybe thought you were. Not who I even hoped you would be, but I see you for who you are. The risen King. And Jesus, today I welcome you into my heart. I actually want to walk with you, Jesus. I want to get to know you. I believe that you died for me, that you rose again, and I want your life in my life. With your hand on your heart, just say to him, Jesus, today I give you my heart. I give you my life. You know, that simple prayer, that simple declaration and welcoming him into your heart. That is, that's the, that's the game changer. That's the perspective shifter. As you do that, you're beginning a conversation that will carry you through your life. As you do that, you're beginning to allow the same resurrection life that came in Christ to now make its home in your own life. You know, even if today was day, maybe you were just kind of refreshing that for yourself. Boy, I just want to continue to pray for you and pray that you will know more and more of the presence of Jesus, the risen Christ in your life. So I just want to pray for you now. Maybe keep your eyes closed for just one more moment. And I want to pray that you will know him greater and greater in your life. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are alive today that you are present with every person who is listening to this right now, that you are there, that the tomb is empty. And God, I just want to pray for each and every person who is looking towards you today, that in their life, you will reveal yourself more and more and more. Just as you revealed yourself on that road, just as you began to teach and explain that daily they begin to grow and understanding who you are. That every person watching would have the experience of beginning to walk with you more and more every day. 
And Jesus, it's because you are alive that we can pray these things with confidence in your name. Amen. You know, that may seem like such a small thing, but I I promise you, as you open your heart to him, you'll be amazed what he will do in your life. And he will always show himself to be greater than what you could have ever imagined. You know, if, if today that was a brand new decision for you, or a brand new uh, sense of, okay, I want to walk with him. I want to get to know him more. Here's what you can do this week is begin to pray. Maybe you've never been a praying person, but to pray is to begin to engage that conversation with Jesus, to engage that conversation with God. And we want to give you a little help with that. So if, if that's something that's new for you, uh, I want you just to go to our website, truenorthonline.com. Click on I'm new, or you'll see a little slot there where you can just uh, sign up with your email address. And every day this week, what we're going to do is we will just email you a little guide that will help you pray through something called the Lord's Prayer. And that prayer, it's how Jesus taught us to pray. And the more you pray that, it's amazing how it will shape your vision and how your purpose and what it looks like to connect with God. And so we'd love uh, to be able to do that. So if you're new and you want to get, you know, kind of started on this journey, just head over to the website, sign up there, and we'd love to just send that to you. We'll just send one every day to you, just a little uh, five-minute thing that'll help you just keep taking steps on that journey. But you know, it has been so great uh, to gather with you on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the day that changes everything. So thank you so much for being here. If, uh, if you're new at True North, want to connect in again, you can go to the website. You'll see you can follow us on social, on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and get connected. We love to just make resources out there to help you on that journey. So happy Easter, everybody. It has been great to gather with you. Have an incredible rest of the day celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive.